Hey, what's up? Welcome to Season 2, Episode 11 of Movie Dumpster. Today we're talking Critters 2, colon, the main course, directed by Mick Garris from 1988. I'm Joel Scola. I'm Sean O'Rourke. I'm Connor Hungry Heifer McGraw. Welcome to the Dumpster. I gotta stop for a story for you. Oh, what's that? Bus driver finds Grover's bed? <laughs> Brad Brown is back in town. Bradley Brown? The boy who cried Critter. Uh, real quick before we jump into this, I just um, I just wanted to talk to all the listeners and all the new listeners. Um, you know, the show's called Movie Dumpster, and if you <laughs> if you've ever read the description of the show, it says Joe, Sean, and Connor are are rummage through cinema's garbage for the good, the bad, and the god awful. All right, we're <laughs> our sole mission with this podcast isn't to just pick out all of the worst movies you've ever seen and just shit on them for an hour and a half, okay? There, it, you know, if you've listened consistently, you know there's a lot of movies that we like, a lot of movies that we don't like, legitimately, but, you know, the main idea of the show is to, is to kind of have fun with B-movies, you know? They're silly, um, they're out there, but there's a lot of great ideas in them, and there's sometimes there's really good effects, and sometimes there's a really good script, and it, sometimes it's just a piece of shit altogether. Um, so... You're clicking on this episode, and it's Critters 2, and you're thinking to yourself, that's a pretty good movie. Why the fuck is it... Why, is it supposed to be in the dumpster? Do you guys hate it? No, we don't hate it. We actually all really like it. <laughs> just like we hated Phantasm to that fan out there that uh, just assumed that. Yeah, okay. Not even reading the fucking post. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> even though... We were talking, even though we were talking about how great it was, they were like, oh, it's in a dumpster? It's like, can you take two fucking seconds and read the thing? But, um, we actually recently tried watching a film for this show. Uh, it was a pick I made that I discovered on the Cosmonaut Variety Hour YouTube channel. I did a review of it, and based on the review, I was like, this looks like a great candidate for us to watch. It looks like an absolute circus. Um, it was called Axum, and we tried watching it. It's the first movie we've ever, ha- we've ever had to veto, because it is... It, it is just bad, and that's it. It has no other special qualities. It has no novelty value. It has no redeeming qualities. You can't even hear what people are saying at some times because the movie's just so poorly made, and it's not fun to watch, nor is it fun to talk about for 90 minutes. So it, that's not really what we want to do. Right. If we sat there for an hour and a half and just told you how shitty it was and how, how awful of a time we had watching it, I don't think that's something you want to hear, right? Right. Thank you for agreeing with me, even though you nobody can talk back to me right now. <laughs> and and we already we already did an episode in House of the Dead, so we've done our mandatory "Oh my God, please pull my eyes out of my head slowly" episode. Yeah. So the movie dumpster is a place where films go that fall by the wayside, that are that are failures at the box office, that have been swept under the rug or thrown into the to the proverbial movie dumpster. Um, we are here to resurrect them. Or congealed in the bottom of the dumpster, as I like to refer to it. This is also true. This is also true. A lot of cleaning we have to do. I, I'm not cleaning that fucking thing. <laughs> <laughs> Though we spelunk through it, to give you guys a little bit of insight to maybe movies you haven't seen before, or maybe movies that y- you've seen and you love, and it's kind of fun to, to kind of talk about, even though you can't respond to us, you can hear us talk about it. Um... 
But yeah, you know, we're not we're, basically the whole point of the conversation. You know, t- TLDR, we're not here to shit on things just to shit on them. Uh, we're just here to have a good time and talk about stuff that we like and sometimes dislike. That being said, this film is fantastic. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. We have to start over. Hang on. Here we go. I'm sorry. I got it. Here we go. All right. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Movie Dumpster. This is our episode on Ghoulies from 1984, directed by Luca Berkovic. No, I'm sorry. Wait, that's not it. Hey! Hold on. Hey, wait, hold on. No, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We are actually reviewing Troll from 1986, directed by John Carl... B- no, not that either. I'm sorry. Where are we at? We're, we're watching Hobgoblins from 1988, directed by Rick Sl- No, not that one either. Uh, I'm sorry, for real. We're watching and talking about Munchies from 1987, directed by Tina Hurt. I'm sorry, we're actually watching Critters 2. It's not a Gremlins ripoff, but I figured I'd list a few other notable ones. Oh, I thought you were going to say... I thought the next thing out of your mouth was, we're, watch- we're, we're, we're doing Gremlins, directed by Joe Dante. From 1984. I was going to do that, but I didn't want to have to mention Hobgoblins and Gremlins in the same breath. <laughs> I was going to go for Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, but I didn't have a year in front of me or a director. Ooh, that's a good one. Just, just to follow the theme there, Connor. And no, we're never watching Hobgoblins, I'm sorry. No, there's no need for that. You want to you watch Hobgoblins? Go watch MST3K. It's a great episode. Yeah, <laughs> we're not doing it. Well, I got to write it down now. I'm, now I'm curious. So yeah, okay. Have either of you seen the first Critters, let alone the this, this second one before? Does that one have Leonardo DiCaprio in it or something? No, 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 no. That's part three. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> um, okay, I, I don't... That's not me saying yes or no. I've seen the first one, but it was likely decades ago on TV, like on Sci-Fi Channel or AMC or something like that. Um, so all I remember is that there are potato monsters with teeth. <laughs> And the bounty hunters. The bounty hunters I remember very vividly, the the, the, the the kind of blank, raisiny face bounty hunters who take on other people's faces. Yeah, that's about the only thing I really remember from the original is that, you know, obviously I remember the critters because they're pretty iconic in my opinion. And uh, I remember just just the general feel of the movie, but I couldn't tell you a single scene. Okay, do you guys need to be run down? I mean, you, you, we've just watched the second film, but do you need to be run down on the first one? Yeah, yeah, you know... I think I pretty much get the gist of it, but if you don't mind giving like a quick uh, backstory on that, sure, sure. Uh, yeah, so the original Critters is basically uh, this movie. <laughs> <laughs> so it's Evil Dead. <laughs> yeah. Okay. No, 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 no. Okay, so the first film is these aliens uh, get away in a spaceship. Uh, the the called Krites. And then they they affectionately call them critters in the movie because <laughs> the movie is like these these you know down south fucking backwater yokels like on a farm so they go oh them goddamn critters so these aliens get away in a spaceship and these two bounty hunters are sent after them to um you know eradicate them because the critters are like a um they're almost like a plague animal yeah they're i i envision them kind of in the manner of like if you have one xenomorph you're gonna have a lot and now you're in trouble oh yeah they're like they're like giant locusts that are all mouth and sharp teeth. Yes. They're like uh they're basically Furbies. <laughs> <laughs> they're 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 fanged tribbles. <laughs> sure. Yeah, there you go. So yeah, they they so they land on Earth and um they terrorize a family on a farm, they eat Billy Zane, M. Emmett Walsh has to fight them with uh, you know, Scott Grimes and his family, and then um the two bounty hunters show up and they uh, they take care of business. And then the last shot of that, spoilers from a movie from fucking 1986, there is a nest of eggs in the barn. Oh. Yeah, and it's just like Godzilla. <laughs> He's asexual. What's fun with that? <laughs> the fucking eggs is whatever. Madison Square Gardens. How the hell are the Knicks going to play? What's so cool about this film is like, 
it's two years later, right? But the film picks up exactly two years later within the timeline of the actual film. So the kid, the little kid from uh, the first film has moved away with his family, the, you know, and started a new life. The Browns. Yeah, they move away to like Kansas or some shit. And everybody thinks they're, you know, they're crazy. They had to move away and all of this shit. Um, because nobody believed them that there was aliens eating people on their farm. So, uh, we opened the movie um, in space. Yeah, with Han Solo hunting Minox. They got the fucking masks on and everything. They got the two bounty hunters. Yeah. <laughs> First thing I, I was like, oh no, you're in a fucking space slug's belly. Get out of there. <laughs> Minox. Yeah, so so we int- we're introduced to um you know you don't see their faces yet, but one is Ugg from the first movie who t- in the first movie transforms into a rock star from Earth named Johnny Steele. Ace Frilly wants his money back. That is the one sequence I remember the most in the first movie, is his face melting and then kind of, you know, uh, rematerializing as that dude's face. It's so fucking good. And then the other guy that he's with is Charlie. Now, Charlie in the first film is a drunk, and he thinks that he's been abducted by aliens, um, and that he can hear them, like, through his fillings and shit like that. I didn't know Randy Quay was in the first movie. <laughs> Hello, boys! I'm back! So, yeah, Don Opper, man, and, um... He's he's Charlie in the first movie, and you know he's Charlie in this. And at the end of the first one, I feel like I'm gonna have to be doing this a little bit just to give you guys, <laughs> okay, just to give you guys like insight onto what the fuck's going on. Um, and listeners, if they've never seen either of them, uh, but yeah, in the first one, um, Don Opper uh, is a drunk. His name's Charlie. Um, he ends up at the end of the film. He ends up leaving the planet with the bounty hunters because he's basically a drunk, fucking washed up baseball player that that kind of uh failed in the majors because of his drinking problem so he's like yeah well i'm a fucking loser on earth so take me into space and they make him a certified bounty hunter and you see in this for the past two years they've been hunting fucking minoc and all kinds of crazy shit and the the fucking aliens from the fifth element if you look in that little fucking cubby hole the predator trophy case they got going their little refrigerator of corpses yeah uh, so they're bagging and tagging this fucking Minoc thing and this bug thing, and they uh, he puts it in this uh, little refrigerator with all the other corpses. And yeah, they get a call from uh, from headquarters. They get a call from MTV's The Head. <laughs> <laughs> this motherfucking alien looks like the alien from Without Warning, straight up. He, I like how this dude basically calls these guys, and he's like, hey, the first movie's not over yet, you have to go back. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Cynthia Garris, by the way, is voicing this. Mick Garris's wife. She'll come up again. Oh, really? Yeah, she'll come up again as we're talking about this. Playing Zanti. This thing's fucking funny looking. It's like, hey, bounty hunters, there's more crates. You're bounty hunters. You know how the Senate feels about the crate uh, threat? Um, is this you- Miss Piggy? <laughs> <laughs> uh, of note, too, there is a, a pilot character named Lee, and uh, basically these these alien bounty hunters, essentially, when they are not, when they don't look human, they have, like, this, uh, I don't even know what you would call it. They basically have this flat, uh, squishy kind of looking white head. They refer to it as a nothing face. It's, yeah, and it looks like a mold of clay that you haven't started adding features yet. Oh, that's a good way of putting it. Yeah, and, like, they, they I think they talk about, like, in this, like, sequence right here that you, like, these, whatever race they are, I don't know what they are, I guess, like, 
you don't get a face until you find what is supposed to be like the perfect you. Yeah. See, in the first film, it's just Lee and Ugg on the spaceship and that whole sequence where Ugg turns into Johnny Steele, uh, Lee never finds a face. And the whole thing throughout the first film is Lee keeps transforming into all every different kind of person. You know, he, you know, he trans it. I don't even know what you want to call it. Uh, the alien Lee transforms into, you know, uh, the preacher and he, tra- he, t- it turns into, uh, Charlie at one point and, um, like a dead police officer and all this stuff because it doesn't, n- nothing agrees with him. Right. 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 Um, so that's also a running thing in this film as well, which I like that they kept because it, it makes for some really funny shit. Oh, it's one of the fucking best gags in the film. Honestly, that kind of makes for an intriguing character because just his, his one dude found like his, I guess, perfect self, or at least for now, and this guy is like, I'm having an a- an actual existential crisis with how I want my appearance to be. <laughs> Pretty much nothing agrees with him, exactly. So, so yeah, Zanti's basically like, look, you need to go fucking kill the Krites back on Earth, or you don't get fucking paid. And Ugg almost has a fucking shit attack. He's like, what? Charlie's like, oh, I guess we're going back to Earth, hey, Ugg? Okay, here we go. And they do. And they sure do. They, they make a fucking U-turn in space. It's pretty comical. <laughs> And then we're introduced to fucking Grover's Bend, baby. You, you crash cut to uh, this fucking bus going to this town, and you're, you're introduced to the main character, uh, Brad Brown. Scott Grimes. Scott Grimes, yeah. He's on the bus, and this bus driver's just like, yeah, you ever hear of this town? He's like, you ever seen a movie called Critters? <laughs> You know anybody named Brown? He's like, there was this family, and they were called the Browns, and the whole town thinks they're crazy. You're, do you know the Browns? And then you, you see this guy's like, oh, no, I don't know. He <laughs> puts his hand on his fucking, like, luggage. Going to Granny's for Easter break? Oh, by the way, happy Easter, everybody. This is your Easter This <laughs> yeah. is your Easter movie in a couple days. I didn't even know this was an Easter film going to it. I was like, oh, this is our Easter episode. Yes, sure is. Um, Scott Grimes was Will Scarlet in the 2010 Robin Hood movie. Was he really? Yes. He's also in uh, the Orville right now, and he's great. Fuck, he is? Yeah. Uh, looks like he was also in an episode of Star Trek The Next Generation, so he came full fucking circle with that one. Yeah, bingo. Anyway, he's fucking hilarious on the Orville, and I'm glad that he's still working because... He's a good actor. He's got one hell of a mullet in this movie, a little mini mini mullet. Oh, (laughs) he has a very, very 80s rat tail slash mullet kind of thing going on. Yeah, he's got the hair blown back. Loving it. Whole lot of hairspray. So the bus driver's like, you know, them goddamn space porcupine things they were fucking with over at the farm. And he's like, nope, don't know no browns. Going to Nana's for Easter break. And he's like, oh, that's nice visiting your granny. Well, see ya. Uh, Is this where we run into, um, uh, uh, Poor man's Biff and uh, uh, smoky homeless guy. Oh yeah, this uh, this man Wesley is played by Tom Hodges. Does anybody know who Tom Hodges is? I mean, his face looks familiar, but Tom Hodges plays Lars in Heavyweights. I am Lars. Oh my god, he's like the Austrian fucking camp counselor <laughs> that they tie to a tree and they put the honey on his chest. Holy shit, <laughs> buddy! Oh my god, that's fantastic. He looks way different. Just put a fucking mop on his head. There it is. It's in this one. He looks like he walked off the set of like Return of the Living Dead. He looks like he's got that weird kind of eighties pseudo punk thing going on. Hey, man, it's not a fucking costume. It's a way of life, okay? Yeah, complete, complete with uh, his greasy hair. They, they pull up to this fucking uh, farmhouse, and I'm assuming, Joe, this is the farmhouse of the Browns from the first movie. It's gotta be, right? Yeah, there's even, like, the mailbox that says it like Brown. Oh, okay, yeah. And he's like, hey, uh, Quigley, I got something I want to sell you. And the guy's like, uh, I don't know if I'm going to really need it, but okay, I'll look. He goes, what does he say? He sends some shit like, it's a fucking collectible, man. Oh, he's like, he's like, it's a treasure, man, or something yeah. like that. Yeah, he, <laughs> he 
says some talks shit. up its value. Yeah, because this guy supposedly. We'll we'll come back to it in a little bit, but he has some kind of antique shop where he sells shit. He, this is, it looks like a fucking shack that he found in the woods. He's like, "This is my pile of trash. Do you want to buy any?" Well, I was gonna say he's living in Job's shack. I was gonna kind of wait till we got there, but it's pretty spot on. This place is a fucking asthma attack waiting to happen. <laughs> <laughs> but they 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 go into this fucking farmhouse. Uh, and, you know, Wesley, he bends down. He's like, oh, look what I found. And he pulls some fucking straw to the side. And there's like, I don't know, 30 fucking eggs there. He's like, I found some super-sized jelly beans. You want to buy them? <laughs> I got these weird avocados, man. What do you say? <laughs> Looks like they're inside out. Got, got a bunch of Wade Wilsons here. <laughs> and basically, Quigley's like, I don't want this fucking bullshit. And the guy's like, well, wait a minute. Uh, How about I'll give you all of them for a case of beer? And he's like. Put them in the truck. Yeah. And they fucking load them up and they head to Beverly, man. Don't take them at all for nothing. No, you you don't have to give me anything. I don't have to give you anything. Or, hey, take them anyway, but give me some beer. <laughs> A case of Master Brow. I guess I'll take option two, Wesley. <laughs> Quick, quickly, Quickly's a bad haggler. Well, I'm going to have to go all the way up to KC. You don't want me to have to do that, do you? <laughs> to the fancy antique shop. I guess I'll take these... What'd you call them? Avocados? They're from Europe. You got, what'd you got there? Some avocados? This motherfucker looks, quickly looks like Red Skelton's hobo routine. <laughs> like, incarnate. Um, so Bradley, uh, goes home, and, uh, inside, Aunt May is hosting a vegan conversion therapy session. <laughs> Aunt May. I thought you were gonna go right for the jugular and just say, old Lady Van Damme. Oh, no, 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 that's just, no. I laid, as soon as I saw her the window, I'm like, oh my god, it's Aunt May! And then she's like, meat is bad! I was like, oh no, they're too young. Yeah, she's teaching these fucking kindergartners about their bowel movements. She's like, meat lives in your body for years, it's gonna ruin your BM! Here, put, put on these essential oils I found on the internet. Oh, well, I mean, I guess, yeah, there she is. She's in the corner going like, oh yes, meat is bad, I disagree, meat is great. She just fucking wheels off, just muttering <laughs> to herself. Meanwhile, you got Brad is, like, outside the door, like, kind of confused, like he's never been to his fucking Nana's house before, like, peeking in the window. He's like, oh no, Nana's gone fucking nuts. He hears her going on a rant, because he's, like, eating, like, a fucking empanada or some shit. <laughs> I missed that. Yeah, and he's, like, shoving it down his throat, and he's, like, looking through the window, like, oh, shit, she's gonna give me the fucking fifth degree. Well, her house, also of note, is, like, because she has, like, this daycare inside, it's, like, painted like a, a daycare for small children, so it's, like, a lot of bright colors, yellows, pinks, blues. So he goes in, and he, and he says hi to Nana, whatever, and we're introduced to Nana and the kids. Um, and then we go to the Grover's Bend Gazette, and we are introduced to um, Megan Morgan and her father. Uh, Mr. Morgan, I refer to him as. Yeah, I think that's what they call him throughout the whole movie. And a woman who sounds so much like Lynn Shay, it kept distracting me. I was like... It, it is Lynn Shay. Is it really? Bullshit. Yeah. It is. Oh, my God. Lynn Shay is Sal. She's so fucking young. And, like, it was the, it was really the voice. I was like, oh, my God, I know that voice. Like, and I was like, it's I think it's Lynn Shay, but I wasn't sure. And I might get this name wrong, and any Lost fan out there can call me on it, but the fucking Mr. Morgan was one of the main characters in Lost. He was like, uh... This one character's husband, Rose's fucking husband, and that was, like, on the other edge, the other part of the plane that crashed. So, they see Brad, like, out the window, and Sal's like, oh my god, they're, like, <laughs> they're, like, arguing about what to, to put on the front page of the newspaper. They're like, oh, we gotta put, because the there's a big Easter egg hunt that's gonna happen, right? Waiting for Pennywise to show up. <laughs> <laughs> Don't go near the mill, okay? Um, or the ironworks, excuse me. So, there's crit it there. 
I'll show myself out. Sounds like you need a job in journalism. So they're arguing about what's to go on the front page. There's the big Easter hunt happening, Easter egg hunt happening at the church. And um, they're arguing about putting a fucking squash on the front page or some shit. And then Sal sees, Lin Shea sees uh, Scott Grimes, Brad, out the window and is like, wait, stop the press. I got the front page fucking news. Brad Brown is back in town. The boy who cried critter. <laughs> She really say that, <laughs> Mr. Morgan's just like, nah, we can't. We're not making this a circus. Yeah, he's like, he's like, he's like, you know that fucking boy in that story almost destroyed our fucking small town, <laughs> like our, our our very very small town that if an asteroid hit it, no one realized. Yeah, like everybody suffered because of that fucking story in our town, and this is one of those points where like I love what Mick's doing here and even the writer that says he hates this but like all of the callbacks to the first film blend so fucking like this this is like this is exactly what I want out of a sequel you know what I mean this is literally the aliens (laughs) of the Critters franchise yeah we're like the DNA of the first one just runs through like uh, the sequel but like seamlessly it it never feels it never feels forced and I also want to just say real quick because we're going to get into it a little bit but like now, you guys know I hate meta shit, but, like, this movie is meta, and it's beautifully balanced like a fucking wonderful bullion broth. I gotta tell you something. Because there are winks and nods and straight-up fucking references to pop culture and actual things. Oh, yeah. One of them I was a big fan of. But, like, it, it just meshes so well with everything and the kind of tone and feel of the whole story. Anyway. So we go we go back to the antique shop from here and fucking um Job's shed. <laughs> you know what? Wesley kind of looks like Job. He, I kind of was thinking it. I'm not going to lie while I was watching the movie. <laughs> and uh Quigley has a a beautiful brown pit bull who starts barking and then Quigley yells at it and I was like, "That dog's doing what it's supposed to do. How about you fuck off?" But then he kind of laughs cuz Wesley's freaked out by it. He's like, "It's just a dog." Yeah, so's Cujo. <laughs> yeah, that was that was rough. But this is where he hands, uh, you know, he brings the eggs in in crates into fucking Quigley's shop, and he's like, uh, "You got the good stuff." He's like, "Alan got the Miller Light." He's like, "Ah, fuck." He's like, "We <laughs> we agreed on Master Brown." <laughs> I fucking love this. He's like, yeah, and he and then he he fucking he's like. And this, too, grabs a Playboy mag and was like, I'll take some beer of these porn mags because the internet hasn't been made yet. I need something to dingle my dangle to. <laughs> he grabs like a, and a couple of these. And mind you, all of these beers are just white cans with black lettering that just say beer. <laughs> if they're from Dragon Ball. I guess nobody was sponsoring Critters, too. <laughs> yeah. Wesley, he drives off, and they make a point to show this one porno mag fly out of his fucking back of his truck, and I thought it was hilarious, because you see this big-ass cum stain right on the front cover. (laughs) (laughs) It's the little things, you know? Here's the thing. There's, like, an entire generation that has no attachment to the idea of, like, finding an old, gross porno mag somewhere. like In the woods? That's a... Yeah! Like, hey, man, we found a fucking nudie mag in the fuck. I just want to meet someone who's like, what do you mean you found a porno mag in the woods? <laughs> and, like, now that I'm thinking about it in retrospect, like, some fucking scumbag was in the woods, like, jerking off to this shit. Oh, yeah. yeah, and then he buried it under a pile of fucking pine needles and just left. I like to think that somebody else stole it from their dad or their older brother and just left it there. Let's let's go with that, okay? Some of you youngins don't understand what it's like to find a used porno mag in the woods. Or in the side of the road, in this case. We go from the beer in the porno, we go to uh, Sal 
uh, it basically, she goes to fucking the sheriff. Uh, she goes to Sheriff Harv's house. The sheriff in the first movie. Man, I love this dude. And I say house, but it's really a trailer on the side of the road. Real quick, in the first movie, this the, the sheriff Harv was played by M. Emmett Walsh. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, so this character is replaced. I thought this guy was pretty good, though. This guy's fucking great. He, every time he spoke, like, affectionately in my head, it sounded like... Um, audibly, it sounded like that, too. <laughs> he is, like, the effective version of that uh, sheriff from Monster in the Closet, like, actually good at his job. Yeah, so this guy, every time this motherfucker's on, he steals, he eats the shit. He's eating scenery left and right because he, he runs, or, um... Lynn Shea runs up and she's like, she knocks on the door. She's like, Harv. He's like, he's in his fucking drawers watching a game show. And she's like, Brad Brown's back in town. He's like, why the fuck do I give a shit if that little bastard's back? He's like, whoopity do. What does it all mean, Basil? And she's like, well, don't you want to get an interview with him or some shit? And he's like, on an important scale, I put that between a pineapple quiche and a pimple on the ass. Now, if you don't mind, they're about to get you the bonus right <laughs> <laughs> And he fucking blows her a kiss and slams the door in her face. It's fucking gold. Uh, I love these fucking deep South characters. It kind of reminds me of uh, Squirm a little bit, where like everyone is aggressive southern yeah yeah we go back to the spaceship briefly here and we we get a scene where basically charlie is uh sitting there talking to ug and he's he's kind of nervous about going back to earth because he feels like or at least you know he's telling himself that he's made a new life as this bounty hunter because he was such a loser on earth yeah he's like you know you know back on earth i was just a big nobody and up here i'm somebody and then he's worried that you know, Ugg and Lee are going to abandon him on Earth. And he's like, you know, you wouldn't just leave me there, would you? And Ugg turns to him and goes, Charlie Bounty Hunter. And he's like, yep, Charlie Bounty Hunter. And he's like, you guys are okay. Let's go to Earth and shoot some shit. And they uh, they turn the fucking corner. They're like, at the moon. You're almost there. They're like Goku. They're almost there. They're almost on Namek. <laughs> you make a left at the moon. Oh, no, it's that That won't be for another 17 episodes. Yeah. They pass the fucking Nerf ship. Yeah. <laughs> they they passed John Hurt. <laughs> well, see you, boys. He's like, what are you doing here now? Oh, crap, what day is it? <laughs> oh, you're fucking it all up. Go away. <laughs> We're fucking it up. <laughs> the critters are mine. <laughs> he, like, collects them. Oh, my God, imagine that. They know who he is. They're like, they're like get out of here, John Hurt. We know about you. <laughs> They've got. He's got, like, the critters in the trunk. He uses them as, like, a distraction thing. <laughs> They're like, we're, they're like, we're getting to you after we get to the Kreitz. Right before the Star Destroyer leaps, we're going to let out our garbage. <laughs> Are you telling me that the fucking Slave 1 is going to detach from a giant critter in space? Oh, no. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, we saw the Slave 1 in another movie we watched, so I wouldn't shock me at all. It's not It's not Boba Fett. It's Piccolo. But he's currently in a coma on Earth or something. But there's no sequel to that, so now he's in purgatory. Technically, this is a prequel, okay? It's 1988, okay? <laughs> Back on Earth, we're at the Hungry Heifer. The Hungry Heifer, baby. Oh, my God. I love I love this restaurant so much. And they're playing this fucking music. Hey, little buddies, come gather around. This here's the very best eating in town. A Hungry Heifer's a place to be. A lip-licking good, you can take it from me. Try a bowl of burgers, some buffalo chips. Wash it all down with a loose shake. Pat your tummy and smack your lips. Okay, this is written and performed by Cynthia Garris. Oh, it's fucking hilarious. Uh, it's fantastic, and I, I said in the chat earlier that, like, 
the presentation of fast food in this movie made my left arm tingle. Um, it is the shining star of this fucking film. <laughs> yes, it is. When I was a kid, me me and my cousin Alan used to fucking rent this and Ghoulies and Ghoulies Two all the time. When I when we hung it like whenever we got to, whenever uh, you know our families got together, that's what we did. We went to the video store, we rented Ghoulies, Ghoulies Two, and Critters Two, and we watched this fucking shit like seventeen fucking times in a row. And we would sing this song like all the time. I don't know. It just brought me back like watching this again. Megan's up at the counter, and Eddie fucking Deason is at the counter. Yeah. So Megan, Megan's getting getting her order from this guy, and he's like, "Ah, we got a two for uh, one Easter special. <laughs> How about some buffalo chips or a moose shake?" He's like, "Hello, welcome to my half- hungry heifer." Fucking Mandar gets so distracting. Like the second he opened, the second I saw him, I was like, "Oh no, here it comes!" And he opened his mouth. I'm like, "That is jarring to this day." <laughs> like, is he like a is he like a Gilbert Godfrey? You think like like he does that voice, but that's not really what he sounds like. I think it's it, where it's similar, but obviously hyperbolic when he's performing. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. Like, but even when Gilbert Godfrey does in- I- interviews, like he sounds like Gilbert Godfrey. Like, what- well, I think Gilbert Godfrey stuck that way. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody slapped him in the face, and he couldn't change back. Yeah, he got hit in the back of the head during his speech, and now, now he can only talk like this. And he can't open his eyes. Nobody put that man behind a wheel. No. <laughs> him and Eddie Deason are fucking cruising in the back of fucking John Hurd's time machine. He he navigates with sonar just by screaming. <laughs> You disgusting kid. So yeah, Meg's up there. She's giving this order. As she gets her food, fucking Wesley comes up and starts essentially groping her. He's like, come on. He's like, come with me. I got a beer. Let's have us a beer. Um, uh, and then isn't this where, uh, uh, Brad shows up and he's like, hey, and he makes two, like, fucking weird bear claw things with his hands. And he's like, I know karate. He, he like, breaks it up. He's like, he's like, hey, man, just leave her alone, you know? Man, just cool it, all right? And fucking Wesley's like, look what the fuck a cat dragon, you little piece of shit. And the guy's like, I'm gonna fucking beat you up with karate. And he's like, oh, yeah? And he fucking throws him out the front door of the hungry effort. Oh, uh, and then uh, I think, isn't it Megan shows up to uh, give him a ride? Yeah, well, Megan slips out while they're having the whole altercation, and she, like, grabs the fucking truck, and, she, you know, he jumps in, and Wesley just screams at him. He's like, you fucking little asshole, you know, nobody wants you here. I'm gonna go tell Toe Cutter about you and bring him back with the rest <laughs> of my gang. Um, and then they're in the car, and he, they kind of have, uh, they, they get to talking, and I guess he knew her from high school? Yeah, they, like, rekindle some shit. He's like, he's like, don't you, she's like, don't you remember me? I had pig, pigtails and braces and zits. And he's like, you're Megan Morgan? He's like, yup. She's like, wow, you fu- you're hot now. He's like, you're like a reporter, you're like Jimmy Olsen with breasts, which is kind of yeah. a funny <laughs> thing to say, because that actually happened in Man of Steel. Jimmy Olsen was replaced with Jenny Olsen, so. Uh, she didn't, she does she doesn't think it's too funny. She's like, yeah. No. Yeah, sure. Who's Jimmy Olsen? A what? He's like, ah, oh, man, I fucking blew it already. <laughs> He's like, yeah, man, she saved my life, and I uh, totally threw everything out the fucking window with that joke. Well, okay. <laughs> Drop me off at Nana's. Stupid brat, you shouldn't leave with comic books. <laughs> We'd have a quick scene back at Quigley's. And he's like, ah, where's that goddamn dog? Well, I got your food. When you're hungry, you'll come back. And he pours this hot, this whole fucking can of, like, dog food in this bowl. (laughs) And then he licks the fucking spoon. Yeah. Quigley's like, all right, I got shit to do. And he goes to leave, and fucking Nana comes in with one of her uh, kids, and it's uh, Cindy, uh, Megan's little sister. She's like, where are those gross Easter eggs you told me about? Quigley, you you owe my sister some Easter eggs. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, you you give the church some Easter eggs, why don't you, please? Take off your clothes quickly. <laughs> do, do it now. <laughs> I, I still have a gun. Cindy just goes, she keeps telling me to take mine off too, Quigley. Just ignore her. <laughs> Uh, you, you don't understand. I can't take them off. They they have been they have been crusted to my skin. I can't remove them. <laughs> I've been wearing the same goddamn jacket for seventeen years. Can't you tell? It looks like I rolled in a fucking pile of shit. Um, yeah. So so she's there to pick up the, these quote on these air quoted uh, Easter eggs from Quigley, and Quigley's like, "Yeah, here you go." Uh, uh, $10 uh, uh, each. And she's like, what? That's not what you charge the church. And he's like, uh, uh, okay, 20 bucks for half of them. And she's like, these are strange eggs. Where'd you get them? And he's like, they're from Europe. So Nana takes half the fucking crite eggs and gives this fucking stink bomb $20. Meanwhile, these things have got to be pulsating or something. How do you not feel off? You know, how does this not feel a little off to you? Okay, here's the thing. I knew somebody was going to bring this up. Right when when Quigley picks these up with Wesley from the barn, the first thing he says when he walks in, he's like, "Jesus Christ, it's so fucking cold in here." Oh yeah, he turns this. He turns a space heater on, but he turns it on like within feet of the eggs. I was like, "Oh, he's foolishly incubating them." Oh, okay. Uh, yes, yeah. See how that okay, happened? Got yeah, you, got yeah, you. yeah. There's actually a reason why they hatch, not just spontaneously, which I thought was pretty good. Yeah. Well, there's little. Th- that's what I'm saying. Like, there's little things like that throughout the whole film that, like, it's a, it's a little thing that I feel like most people wouldn't pay attention to, but like, yeah, because later on it works when they, they, they basically, you know, I don't want to jump too far ahead, but there's a scene where there's light purposely shown shining on them and they start kind of moving a tiny bit yeah um and it's it's like a nothing detail that you could miss but it's kind of it's it's kind of a good Chekhov's gun moment where you're like oh yeah that could be something could be nothing so so the nana's walking home with cindy and she's like you've been such a good girl take off your clothes and i'll give you a carob easter bunny and an egg (laughs) and she's like i don't want a nana and she's like okay well, I tried. Here's your carabista bunny and your egg. Go on, girly. Well, the police are coming, sister. We might as well flee. Back to the daycare center. Uh, here's my question, though. She's got this chocolate fucking bunny, and she's carrying this thing around like it's a stuffed animal. How is this not getting all over her clothes? I don't know, man. It's gross. <laughs> what the fuck is carob, by the way? I don't know. Is that like a chocolate substitute? Some vegan chocolate substitute or some shit? Oh, yeah, probably. Probably tastes good. I'm sure it's fine, but like I've just, I've never heard of it, and I don't think I've ever seen it anywhere, like in the store. Well, it's a looks like a plant. Oh, so plant based. Okay. But cocoa is from a tree too. So what's wrong with that? It might be. It might be just. Uh, it, it might be one of those things where it's like because it's plant based, it's like zero substitutes or anything like that. No milk. It's no milk. Probably is why. No milk. No sugar. Yeah, I get it. Oh, dark chocolate. Okay. So. The, the the little she she fucking pats a little girl on the ass and sends her on her way and uh, you get back to Quigley's and he's got his nice clothes on they're still dirty but they're nicer than what he had on he just put them over his outfit this man has n- has never had a clean pair of clothes in his entire life this is his fucking Easter Sunday suit and it looks like he just rolled it in a fucking ashtray he looks like the fucking I, I can't like the fucking tramp who runs all those orphans and Oliver Twist what's his fucking face. <laughs> Deegan? Something like that? I have no idea. Again, he's doing the red skeleton thing here. You know, all unshaven. His fucking eyes are bloodshot. And what does he do? He goes and cracks a fucking beer. Happy Easter. Well, he cracks a beer, and he goes, Ah, Easter sucks. And he, like, burps. 
And he and he's stumbling around his fucking shed, and and he's like, ah, where's that pooch? Where'd he go? And he finds the fucking bowl, this metal bowl. All food's gone. There's like massive holes all throughout the bowl. Yeah, and he's like, what the fuck? Uh, and then he looks around for a minute, and the uh, critters have hatched, and they're eating his dog. And damn you, film for making me watch this. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> it looks like the critters are like nursing on this thing. Yeah, <laughs> Wilford Brimley's like, that's not dog. It's creepy though to me. It, it kind of reminded me of a scene that came out much later, uh, or it reminded me of a scene from a movie that came out much later after this, uh, the second Jurassic Park with those little compies when they're like chewing on the, like that corpse. Oh yeah, and they uh, they eat uh, they eat European guy whose name I forget. This scene is creepy though. I I I didn't know this movie was gonna be as uh, grotesque as it was. Holy sh! Okay, first of all, um, my first reaction was like, okay, I have the child's play problem where I can't possibly be frightened of something that fucking small. And then I said that, and one of these things bites off all of Quigley's toes with one bite. I was like, their bite radius is fucking oh, terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, they're they're all mouth. They're like Fizzgig on crack. Oh my god. It's fucking scary shit. <laughs> like, imagine a fucking furball with a shark's mouth. It's just nothing but teeth and a, and a head supporting them. That's it. And all they do is eat. Eat and fucking bounce and roll around. Yeah, these are, I'm like, these are problematic. These are all done by the Kyoto Brothers, by the way, and I'm pretty sure they did the effects for all four original films. Um, and, the, the, you know, that's the same team behind, like, Killer Clowns from Outer Space. <clears throat> oh, wow. The Land of the Lost television show for Nickelodeon, the, Ooh, the, right, the remake right. version in the 90s, yeah. Um, they've done a ton of shit. They did, um, they did a lot of stop motion animation for, uh, the movie Screamers with Peter Weller and stuff. Holy shit, I fucking love that movie. Yeah, it's great flick. Not only are they brothers, but, and they're a team, but, like, they're, they're some of my favorite, like, effects guys, like, in the industry. I have nothing but good things to say about all the practical effects revolving the actual quitters in this movie, but as they happen, I'll, I'll talk about them. Yeah, totally. So, Quigley gets his fucking toes bitten off. It is almost the first fourth of his foot. Like, like he, you're not walking anymore. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, you need a cane. It's, it's, it's gone. He's on this fucking stool trying to, like, I don't know, grab the ceiling rafter to pull himself up. Yeah. And uh, Critter jumps, a little baby Critter fucking jumps on his foot and bites it off, bites the front off. And then, uh, you know, he ends up falling off the stool and these fucking things just pounce on him. And I love, there's a lot of, like, Critters hitting people in this movie. Yeah. Uh, like, doing body hits, like, with their mouth open. Oh, yeah, they're fucking, it always looks good. And, um, just the sounds, the the sound of these, the impact these things make when they hit you and then just go to town and eating you is just so, I don't know, it's so, like, visceral and, like, satisfactory. I don't know, it sounds, it sounds very impactful. It's, I think it comes down to directing, but, like, whoever came up with the idea of how these things attack, move, and the whatnot... It needs some recognition because you took what is essentially a hot potato toy with teeth and you made it look convincingly dangerous on screen. Yeah. So in the sound design that couples with it is just fucking awesome. And the soundtrack, by the way, real quick, I just want to talk about is fucking amazing. <laughs> like that, the, like the critter theme that's like. Yeah, we cut to the Morgan's house and um, Megan and her dad and, and Cindy are, are dying eggs. And Mr. Morgan's like, okay, time for bed, Cindy. Grab your fucking disgusting chocolate bunny thing. Your fake chocolate bunny. We're going to bed. I don't know why mom said you could sleep with that. It's going to be a giant mess. Puts her upstairs. And this scene, even when I was a kid, kind of grossed me out. Because 
You know those hot summer nights where you got all the fucking windows open and you just cannot fall asleep? Oh, yeah. yeah. That's what this scene reminds me of because she's like, no, it's too hot. I don't want to get in the covers. And he's like, okay, good night. Shuts the door, puts the fucking chocolate bunny next to the fucking heat vent. <laughs> and the egg, by the way. She's coughing up a storm and, like, getting all fucking gross and sweaty in this fucking room. I thought she was going to die straight up. Yeah, man, me too. Like, even when I was a kid too, like, this freaked me out because, like, it's that thing where, like... So the egg hatches, right? And the critter is out and it's, like, under her bed. And it's one of those things, like, just as a kid, like, you know, what's under the bed or having your feet fucking hang off the bed or, like, outside of the covers and shit like that. And, yeah, I thought for sure her that fucking foot was coming off. Uh, So she's coughing up a fucking storm, which gives the dad a reason to come mr morgan to come into the room and he fucking walks in and steps right on this fucking crate Ugh, god it just fucking it it explodes the point there's not even any hair left it's just goo it's just goo and he's like oh sorry about your easter candy honey what a mess we go back to brad and uh he's staying in his in, in his he's staying in the attic of his uh his Nana's house, and he's he's kind of going through an old box. It's so cozy up there, man. I love it. Yeah, he's got like uh, he's got his bed. He's got a little trunk. He's going through. Yeah, he's well, he's going through his suitcase. Oh, is that what it is? Okay, yeah. So he's going through his suitcase, and he's got a picture of him and Charlie. He, wait, excuse me. He's got a production still from the first movie in his suitcase. <laughs> <laughs> okay, is that what that is? Well, he has this production still, but then he also has like this. Uh, Looks like almost like a remote to a uh, fucking like Sony Anycam or some shit, and I was I'm assuming, and you know, it comes up a little bit later, so I guess I actually know the answer to this, but it's essentially uh, supposed to be some kind of communicator that he has that that you know can reach these bounty hunters in, in a dire moment. So that's what happens at the end of the first film. You know, the bounty hunters give him this communication device, and at the end of the first film, the critters like they they're getting away in a spaceship and they blow up their fucking house, <laughs> but uh. Brad throws a fucking uh, fire, a giant firecracker on their spaceship and they blow up. But this little device like rebuilds their fucking house at the end of the first film. So he hangs on to it. Right. And they're basically like, you know, if you ever, you know, if you ever have a problem or whatever, you know, give us a call. Just press the fucking little communicator button. And he's just like reminiscing about Charlie and like what happened with the critters. And he's like, oh, I missed you, Charlie. Where are you? And then we fucking zoom out the, the bedroom window and whoop, there comes the spaceship because fucking ugly and Charlie are landing to kill some fucking crites. Oh, my God. I just got that. Ugly. Oh, j- uh. <laughs> <laughs> fuck me. That's just. Uh. That's pretty good. That's subtle enough. I was, I probably because I kept calling him Lee and Ugg. Like, it just <laughs> didn't even fucking register. <laughs> uh, so, so we go to the next morning, and it is officially Easter Sunday. Put on your Sunday best, guys. We're going to church. All these biddies are painting all the crit, the crite eggs in the fucking church for the Easter egg hunt for these kids. And no one says, like, you sure these eggs aren't just rotten to shit and back because they look a little weird? They don't look like eggs. No, Like they any don't. eggs. <laughs> they look like hand grenades, if anything. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're like, are these diffused or what? Why are we painting explosives? I remember these from the big one, WWII. <laughs> so the the new sheriff comes in because because Harv had, had was voted out two years ago in a landslide. We find out later, but uh, the new sheriff comes in and um, Nana's like, "Yeah, here's your fucking bunny suit," and he's like, oh, "I can't believe you made me do this." She's like, Sheriff Harv did it for 25 years running. He's like, well, I ain't Sheriff Harv. So I would I would love to live in a small town that's small enough to the point where you can say, 
Hello, Sheriff, who likely would have other responsibilities. Put on this fucking bunny costume. Well, when we fucking first introduced to Grover's Ben, he's fucking kicking it on a fucking porch swing, like smacking fucking flies off his face, taking a nap. Time in that part of the country doesn't mean anything. It slows down <laughs> yeah. to a halt. I don't gotta worry about a damn thing. I, the, the grass is growing. I gotta watch it. <laughs> So, so yeah, the pre the preacher comes in. He's like, "Oh, your lady's doing such a good job," but he's like, "He's like, I better hurry up because the resurrection's in forty five minutes." Hey, well, and you know they they put the eggs and the candy around the outside of the church, and all the families, you know, they enter the church. They got the music playing, and they got all the kids get sent over to the kitty room. Yeah, to do like arts and crafts and stuff. Yeah, and the priest the priest is like, "Y'all ain't been to church enough." What the fuck with this man? When I Easter Sunday, I had to sit and listen to that whole goddamn yeah. fucking spiel. Me too. I didn't get the fucking hang out in the back and color eggs and shit. Yeah, seriously, I was dragged to those events uh, left and right, and uh, sorry church-going people, but church to a child is not fun. <laughs> Boring. Um, I don't know, let's liven up Christianity. It's kind of dull. Um, well, they got those eggs there, Connor. You know, what do you call that? Ooh-hoo. <laughs> Progress. There, there's one of these uh, critter eggs on this table that these kids are, are coloring, and this one kid looks really fucking bored, and he, like, uh, pushes it off the edge, or it falls off, and he, he goes to pick it up, and you just see this green, disgusting goop uh, squirting out of the egg. And I'm sitting here thinking, okay, well, this thing's fucking dead. Well, he, he throws it out the window, and... <laughs> There's this hilarious shot of this fucking poor critter crawling in the grass, like, half-dead, like, crying to itself. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> and it hits another egg that, like, rolls into a fucking rock? Is that what you're talking about? Well, he drops it out the window. And yeah. yeah. Right, yeah, it hits another egg, gets more damage, and then it cuts to, like, I guess after it crawled out of its shell, it's, like, dying in the grass because it's, like, all fucked up from falling. Oh, it's alive as fuck, man. And and all of a sudden, all the eggs start to hatch because we're in the fucking nice, bright, warm sun. Oh, yeah, and then here comes uh, Sheriff Easter Bunny with his fucking dick hanging out. He's the... <laughs> ah, we don't want the kids to see that. They're going to learn a brand new lesson if they do. <laughs> can't believe there's a... Because he can't... Okay, why the fuck would you come out of the dressing room or the bathroom without zipping up this fucking suit why isn't he putting this right over his sheriff's outfit it's implying that he's like in his underwear or some shit no oh totally well i mean if if that's me like i'm not wearing anything underneath that that giant suit made of of fucking hair either like like i think you i think you just die of heat um and he's lamenting about this fucking easter bunny gig he's like goddamn um you know fucking whoever heard of an easter bunny was tehachapi hanging out and he's like, I'm going to give those kids a real education. And I'm like, you're fucking gross, dude. Yeah. Thankfully, what happened? <laughs> Thankfully, something's about to happen to you. So he practices his his hops. And then he, like, takes off his hat, his fucking bunny head. And he looks down at one of the eggs. He's like, what the fuck came out of you? And then without missing a fucking beat, six of these fucking critter, these, these baby crites fucking fly into his crotch. Oh, my God. Yeah. And they start working their way up his stomach and biting the fuck out of him. Oh, they're fucking eating him in, fucking outside in and inside out. So we cut to the inside of the church and the fucking, the, the father's given the fucking uh, sermon and this fucking dude flies through the stained glass window. Well, not even that. It's the timing of the jump because the priest is is talking about the resurrection of Christ, I suppose. And he's like, he's like, and before them stood a figure in a long white gown. Crash. <laughs> Pretty much. This guy has bite marks all over him, just fucking bleeding out of every fucking orifice. And all, everyone's like, ah, it was some farm machine malfunction. Yeah, it was a farm accident. 
Like, what? Fucking Brad's in the corner, like, you know, thinking it over. And uh, Megan walks up to him. She's like, I don't think that was some farm equipment. She's like, I think it was the critters. He's like, uh, I don't know anything about the critters. They don't exist. It's a story. No, Megan, shut up. He's stupid. He walked into a combine, okay? Also, why does she think that they're critters? It's the critters. This character sucks. I'm sorry. It, it, it's like my one complaint about this film is this character, Meg. She kind of sucks. Um, that's the only thing, though. Like, the the writing is tack sharp except for that. Like, why would she be like, well, it's the critters, duh. And he's like, no. And she's like, no, yeah. but I believe you. You think she was just stirring up shit because she's, like, bored? Maybe. In the fucking, in Grover's Bend? She's trying to get a scoop. Oh, yeah. Okay, now it makes sense. Now I can buy that because she's like, yeah, I'm going to fucking get Brad to spill the beans on these fucking critters because she's fucking, she's really, like, doing a story on them. She's working them for a story. You think? Well, you know, she uh, she worked him pretty good. She, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Effortlessly. Because he spills the fucking beans. Tur- turns out there are critters, though. <laughs> She's like, oh, shit. <laughs> She's like, oh, we got to go see Harv. And he's like... Well, yeah, they go they go to see Harv in his fucking trailer. And this time he's got... He's, he's dressed. And they're like, oh, it's critters. He's like, oh, what the hell? He's like, Brad... He's, if you if you were there, were they really there? He's like, well, you know, I didn't really see them, but if you look at what happened to the guy... And he's like, well, that's fucking bullshit. And then he's like, well, where are you going? You gotta help us. And he's like, I'm doing what any God-fearing Grover's Bend person would do. I'm hauling ass. They, they tell him that the fucking sheriff's dead, and they're like, you need to come back and be sheriff. He's like, go look in the yellow pages for a yeah. sheriff. I'm leaving. <laughs> Fuck this noise. He's like, he, that makes him one of the smartest characters in horror film history. Because, well, I mean, just oh, yeah. that decision, not not basically anything happens later, but he's finally someone who's like, no, fuck this, I'm leaving. <laughs> he books it, and then we go to the next seat, is a fucking space shuttle landing on the planet, and Lee, Ugg, and fucking Charlie walk out. Yeah. Broad daylight. I mean, at, th- at this point, if you've been to this town already to wipe out the same alien, like, just throw pretense out the door. It's like, yeah, we'll just stop taking pictures, we're just here to finish a job. <laughs> well, to be fair, they're, they're just like in the middle of a of a field. Yeah, and, uh, no, and with yeah. a dirt road that Wesley had previously driven down because yes. Ugg's like, <laughs> Ugg looks at Lee and he's like, transform. Charlie finds the porno mag and he's like, you li- and he's like, he's like, you see this? He's like, he's like, Ameri- American culture, good, good reading, uh, good articles in it. And Lee's staring at this thing and Charlie's like, no, Lee, no, 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 no. <laughs> don't, don't turn into me, Lee. And he fucking opens up like the centerfold of the Playboy mag and, and Lee turns into this fucking like babe with these big boobs and everything. Yeah, but this is like, it's, this, it's like a werewolf transformation, but instead of turning to a werewolf, <laughs> it's a fucking Playboy model. So, like, there's a shot of his butt inflating, and there's a shot <laughs> of his new, brand new breasts that rip through his clothes. <laughs> I was a teenage playmate? Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> so he violently transforms into this hot babe. And Charlie's all about it. Oh, Charlie's like, oh, this is great. I'm going to be traveling through the galaxy with this hot piece. Charlie's like, wait, hold on. Am I, what, what's happening to me? I'm very confused. Sticks the fucking porno mag in his pocket. He's like, going to need that for later. <laughs> he does for later. Taking it through the cosmos, baby. He's taking it into the woods. He's going to leave it there. <laughs> the fate of all porno mags. So that's how we came upon it. You see it all? It all circles back. What, what is Charlie the fucking Easter bunny for dis- for uh, discarded porno <laughs> magazines? He, he goes from forest to forest just planting them. Every time he comes to Earth, he drops off one fucking dirty porno mag in the fucking woods. Yeah. For some, for some lucky 12-year-old to find. Yeah, he's like the fucking tooth fairy Santa Claus. Like, he, he hangs out with. <laughs> with porno mags. Mind you, they go to walk off, and, you know, Lee's fucking totally new besides has, like, some, like, underwear on. He's got a, 
you know, and Lee's got this fucking uh, massive gun she's walking Let's with. Kill Kreitz. Yeah, Lee is fucking tit swinging and fucking thong button all over the place. And it's kind of awesome because it's just this badass chick with this huge fucking hand cannon walking around just like, yeah. I'm about to go kill some fucking aliens. Let's do it. These guns are very amusing because I feel like we're still in the throes of if you do laser blasts like Star Wars, I will sue the fuck out of you. Uh, era of movies where everyone had things that made a loud noise and then something exploded. Well, I like them because they're almost they're future. It's like that. It's like that futuristic, post-apocalyptic alien technology that's like a little bit more advanced than ours but kind of isn't it's dingy looking but it would fucking wreck our shit oh yeah for sure yeah but these things it's always like first of all they're loud and they are destructive and i kind of love them uh i want i want them in video games yeah they're telescoping fucking hand cannons yeah they look like uh the kind of like vasquez's smart gun from alien except like it's not a machine gun sort of. it's just a fucking just big cannon barrel like <laughs> cylinder yeah that elongates yeah him. oh my god i was like is that supposed to be phallic probably we we go uh to quigley's again and then uh brad and megan fucking pull up and they're you know they're arguing oh what are we gonna do what are we can do and fucking sal jumps out and she's like oh my god she fucking she almost gets run over by these people yeah and, and, you know, she's like, oh, you know, I came here to check on Quigley, and oh, my God. And then he's like, well, you know, uh, it's it's the critters. Uh, what the hell am I going to do? Call the critter busters? <laughs> she's like, oh, it's the critters. And he's like, what the fuck? Well, he goes to open the door while they kind of stand back. He's like, all right, you can do this. And he opens the door, and Quigley fucking falls out, and his like, eyeballs, like, detached, and he's got bite marks all over him, and he just fucking needs a corpse. He just falls right on top of Brad. Looks like fucking Ben Gardner. The critters are the same level of humor that Jason Voorhees has, so they just kind of deck, they just <laughs> set corpses in places that'll fall on people. Uh, and this is our first shot of a full-size critter, and it's fucking awesome. Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. Okay, I love this fucking sequence, because... Uh, I'm, they doubled down on making me, uh, intimidated by these things because they don't, there's no subtlety in how they attack you. They just fucking throw themselves at you. It's a ball of hair and then like they tuck themselves in and they're attacking this truck and they're denting in the doors and like they're just beating the fuck out of this thing. I'm like, I don't even have to be bitten by one of those things. I took one of those to the chest. I'm probably not getting back up. Oh no. And then they'll shoot you with their fucking porcupine quills with poison on it. Fucking eat your ass. Yeah, they have quite the offensive arsenal. Uh, so they attack the truck. One of them tries to bite the wheel, uh, but gets run over in the process. <laughs> First, it inflates. <laughs> I <Yeah>. love that. <laughs> it, like, bites. Th See, there's, there's a good mix of comedy here, but it's not too ridiculous. It doesn't get too stupid. You know what I yeah. mean? No. So this thing inflates, and, it, and they fucking run it over. Um... And then it's just a fucking grease spot on the ground. But they beat the shit out of this car. Like, let's oh, not yeah. kid oh, ourselves. For sure. Like, there's dent marks all over it. Yeah, one of them actually gets in the in the truck at one point and, like, almost bites Megan's face off. And she, like, punches it out the fucking window. <laughs> they're big enough to punch, too. Like, these things are not small anymore. No, they're about the size of a fucking basketball. <laughs> like, when they're rolled up. Um, and they get away. And the shot, every time there's a shot of these things rolling down the street... I'm kind of mesmerized by it. I'm like, that looks so good. They're, <laughs> they're so mobile and they work so well. And there's a few scenes where you can see the strings, but, but for the most part, it's like, this looks great. Like, I don't even know how they did it. I mean, I feel like there's some kind of rod. Like, I feel like it's a weighted ball with fur all over it. And then there's like a rod through the center. And then there's a string on one side and a string on the other. And when they pull it, the ball has like 
room to like rotate, I guess. So when it's on the ground, it's weighted. And when you pull the strings, it rotates around the the rod, I guess. I guess that's how that works. That contraption works. Maybe. I know, but like it's it's always the fact that I guess there's there's it's not just one or two. It's like five to ten of them in a shot. Be rolling oh, all yeah. at once. Like so it always looks fantastic because there's so many of them. So in that case, like I wasn't even looking yeah. for strings. So I never saw them. Um, but I was just kind of taking, it's, it's an effect that's good enough to make me go, oh, I forgot I'm watching a film and I can see how that was done. I just pick it apart because it's fascinating because it looks so good and I want to know how they do it. (laughs) You know what I mean? Exactly. So then we go to Nana's house. (laughs) We got, she's got a critter problem. Yeah. She's got an infestation in her fucking fridge. And it ain't Zool. Damn it. You beat, fuck, 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 fuck. (laughs) Damn it. You had a lot of time oh, on that one. Shit. <laughs> he did. Quick draw Sean over here. Yeah, it's not Zool. Um, she has like a broom or some shit. Yeah, there's a critter in the fridge and it's like it's like eating vegetables and it's like, ah, vegetables, barf. She's like, Peter, get down here. Something's in the fridge. Call your uncle. He's dead. And then Robert Smith fucking hobbles down. He's like, ah, where's my next meal? So she goes after this thing with a broom and like bites the fucking broom in half and she runs out the uh, out of the kitchen door. Brad fucking comes storming in the front door. He's like, he's like, Nana, the critters are here. She's like, no shit, Bradley. <laughs> well, then he's like, ah, oh, you got you got that remote that I had here. He's like, I need that remote. And she like hands him like the TV remote. He's like, not that. That's something anyone's grandma would do. <laughs> She's like, you mean the one for the television? And he's like, oh god, Nana, that's not for the TV. She's like, I had the battery change recently. Uh, <laughs> so he fucking jams this button as this critter is like flying through the midair. The fucking bounty hunters shoot the, the fucking door in and kill the critter at the pro- in the process. And it's an explosive awesome entrance because then just like Lee and Ugg fucking walk in like yeah motherfucks like where the where the crites at and of just note real quick Lee actually has more clothing on now and Charlie looks a little defeated about that (laughs) well Charlie picks up all of all of the ripped off clothes and he's like hey Lee you're gonna have to wear this shit in some capacity (laughs) cover your boobs you might have to stitch it together or something wait till we're back on the spaceship well when you know they walk in and uh, Brad goes wow that was fast yeah is there a joke I missed here because they were like uh, they're like wow that was fast but I don't remember what they say here well I think the joke is he hits the button on the on the fucking remote and they literally show up like two seconds later but they were already on their way he has no fucking clue oh i just meant the timing between him pressing the button and them being there because it's seemingly instantaneous so it is it seems like a happy coincidence i thought they just heard that shit go off and they were like let's go it's that way um so then there's like a quick scene of them all leaving basically creating like this party of uh characters and uh charlie kind of comes up and they have this kind of cool moment where charlie and brad kind of like embrace and and kind of try to catch up for lack of a better term. Yeah, Brad's like, hey, uh, you still boozing, Charlie? And he's like, no, 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 no. I, I don't do that anymore. There's no booze in space. <laughs> yeah, right? Not for, not that I could ingest anyway. No fucking intergalactic gargle blasters for me. Yeah, no Norse uh, super vodka for me. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Charlie's like, uh, he's like, no, I, I'm a bounty hunter, Brad. And Brad's like, get the fuck out of here. He's like, what are you talking about? He's like, no, no, really, I'm somebody. I'm not just a loser. I am. And he's like, well, good for you, Charlie. Yeah, we go back to the, the Gazette, and uh, a cri- this is a cool scene because I um, it's Mr. Morgan, and he's, like, doing a paste-up or some shit of the sheriff dying, like a front-page ad. Right, yeah. And he hears a fucking critter, like, in an air vent, and he's like, what the fuck is that? And this thing bites the fucking air vent in half and starts coming after him. It, like, laughs like a fucking gremlin, like, straight up, and he throws a fucking dustbin at it. Yeah, yeah, and then he fucking pulls a, a thing in front of it, and he starts calling, um, 
I, don't, I forget who he calls, but he looks out the window and fucking Grover's Bend is just in chaos. Like, <laughs> the fucking critters are rolling all over the place, fucking chewing on people and fucking ripping everything apart. Um, and they, like, they like he calls somebody and, like, they, they're, they're biting off the phone lines and the fucking phone goes out. It's, it's straight up like the Gremlins scene where, like, there's havoc in the middle of um, Kingston Falls, like, in the, in the downtown, like, area. But then we have this hilarious fucking scene, at least in my opinion, of this fucking uh, hungry heifer where I guess the critters have just made home. Oh, it's great. Oh, my fucking God. I laughed like a crazy person. And, and, and Brad and the bounty hunters show up to this place. Yeah, they fucking roll up on this and fucking... Deason's outside and he's like, hey man, don't go in there. There's a fucking bunch of uh, aliens or some shit. And so Ugg walks in and there's like, it's like two straight minutes of just either critters eating stuff ferociously or critters being blown up. I was laughing like an idiot this entire time. This is so fucking fun. <laughs> well, Lee and Lee and Ugg walk in and they're just fucking chilling there and there's just like critter hijinks going on. They're like eating burgers and shit. One of them falls onto a fucking griddle and the other one's <laughs> laughing at him. One of them's flipping burgers, another one's farting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're, like, laughing at each other. Yeah. And then this one, like, bites a, a mustard bottle, and it, like, shoots <laughs> on Ugg's hand. Yeah. And then they all look over, and they're like, oh, shit. And then the fucking bounty hunters just start lighting them up. They fucking terminator this place, okay? It's boom, boom, <laughs> boom, boom. <laughs> They fucking punish her this place, yeah, dude. Yeah, it is. They light this place up, and they're just, there's thing exploding. There's, I think one of them gets its hair shot off, and then it falls into Oh, it. my, you, you can't. <laughs> it gets its fucking hair. This, this critter fucking turns, and it's got this big, shaggy set of hair on its fucking head, and it gets shot, and it just knocks the top part of his fucking hair off, and he turns to a literal mirror, <laughs> and he sells it like critter speech, bitchin'. Yeah. <laughs> And then he gets, and then he fucking gets knocked into a fryer, oh, and he God. just is just like bald. It looked like that thing from Willow that turns into the fucking Hydra, like that that burnt <laughs> fucking troll, like <laughs> that they drop into the fucking moat with the fucking two heads. Yeah. Yup. Right before it turns into that thing, it's that that gross, raisiny, disgusting open sore. Except this time, <laughs> except this time, it has a fucking mouth and it's screaming. It's like ah. Well, we cut we cut from them just like fucking blowing these things away to literally the hungry heifer essentially exploding from the inside out. So then they the bounty hunters come out and they're like, "Yep, well that's fucking done." Well, then we get a shot of like more critters fucking going around town and they're literally like in a like a, a, like a, like five or six of them are combined into one ball and they're like going after civilians and they hit them like they're fucking bowling pins. Yeah, that's right. There's there's like there's like four or five in the hungry heifer that like zoom past Ugg and Lee and they like this is the first instance you see them like combine into one ball, like a big ball, and they fucking blow out the front door and then and then like Sean said they fucking knock these pedestrians down like bowling pins. Yeah, well you get the sound effects and everything. Well that you know, Brad and uh Megan, they take uh Mr. Morgan to the uh no, did we get to Mr. Morgan yet? Well, it kinda happens at the same time. Like he gets a needle in the neck and then like that's when all the chaos is going on in the town, and then, like, um... Right, because Brad and Megan, they go and get him from the Gazette, and the critter breaks through, like, his barricade he made. And they, like, take him away, and they bring him over to the Hungry Heifer, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, so Lee turns into fucking Eddie Deason. <laughs> and, like, takes his glasses, and he's, he's like... Kill Christ! Kill more Christ! <laughs> then they all gather at the church, and then they, like, recoup, and they're like, you know, what the fuck are we gonna do? And, like, they're, they're nursing Mr. Morgan, and, like, kind of just, like... 
everybody's like, what the fuck is happening? You know, everybody's dressing their wounds and kind of, you know, figuring out what their next step is. And then another uh, connection to uh, bleeders, we also have a scene of people outside of a building with guns. Yeah, everybody, everybody's armed. Yeah. So everything's like really quiet at first. And Brad and Megan like have this kind of like heart to heart in like the the doorway. And he's like, I don't get it. He's like, it's so quiet. Like what what's happening? Where are they? And Megan's like, my only purpose in this film is to drive you around and fall in love with you, Brad. <laughs> and Brad's like, yeah, the rest of the movie's pretty good, though, right? And she's like, yeah. <laughs> so we cut to the center of town, like, it, to, like, a video store. And Charlie's walking around, and he's looking for Ugg and Lee, because I guess they all split up for whatever reason. Yeah, because they're, they're kind of patrolling the town, trying to just kill as many of these sons of bitches as they can. And then Charlie turns a fucking corner and he sees Lee, and Lee's like, you know, glo- you know, her his fucking head starts glowing and he's about to transform from the, the lady into something else, and you don't quite see what it is yet. And Charlie turns the corner and it's a fucking standee of Freddy Krueger. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. I fucking died. I, I almost wished he turned into this. I would have fucking flipped. Right? What would that have been like if he turned into, like, what if they got fucking Robert England to, like, I, I thought for a split second they were going to have Robert England show up in Freddy Krueger makeup for a hot second. This is the meta shit that I'm totally fine with. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, it works. It's funny. It's great. It's a good gag. Anyway, so Charlie's like, no, 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 not Freddy Krueger. And he fucking holds up at the Playmate magazine again. And uh, Lee turns back into, um, from Eddie Deason to the Playmate again. I was kind of half expecting, like, her, her to come, you know, basically for Lee to turn back into this playmate, but it was, like, mixed with the Freddy Krueger, but they didn't go there with <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, that would have been so right? good. Like, like, the burned face part or something like that. It's a blonde wig and a pizza face. Yeah. You fuck with it mid-transformation? Like, you fuck with these aliens mid-transformation and you could do that? Like, like splice it up? Cool. Doesn't happen, though. He's just the playmate. So, then, like, then Lee, you know, says his only catchphrase, which is kill Kreitz, and, and Lee walks off. Lee actually corners a, a critter in, a, in an alleyway. Well, it's a trap. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty pretty effective, honestly. Yeah, the thing's like, oh, you can't catch me, and it fucking rolls into this, like, alleyway, and Lee goes after it, and um, I don't know why, why, I don't know why Charlie doesn't follow him. Um... I'm not totally sure. Uh, maybe they get split up again. I, I can't remember the context, but Lee totally goes in there after this critter and gets like way too close to it, and then like ten other ones fucking pop out of like the gar- the garbage around it. Yeah, and just fucking swamp this fucking alien and just eat the shit out of it. And then uh, you know you can hear you know Ugg hears Lee screaming, and then like him and Charlie like rush to to Lee's aid, and like even some of the townsfolk are there like in the alleyway. And fucking Ugg walks over and, like, lifts off the garbage can, and Lee is just, like, eaten to the fucking bone, except, like, it's hand- his hands. Yeah, you you just see the arm. It's kind of the implication is, like, there's nothing else left. Yeah. And fucking Ugg has a goddamn breakdown and, like, screams and then, like, turns back into a nothing face from Johnny Steele. I think that's really cool that their emotions can dictate whether or not they maintain the form they chose. Yeah, I think that's so cool. I kind of want a movie about these two. <laughs> Right? The fucking, just the bounty hunters cruising around doing shit. Yeah, it'd be really interesting. Dude, this guy has a depressive episode, man. It's amazing you can make a character mope without having an actual face. Yeah, it, because the next scene they're like literally carrying him to the fucking church and he's just like sitting there in silence. Yeah, he's completely, I mean he can't talk anyway, but like he's completely just fucking devastated. Yeah, defeated. I do like that someone's like, is he breathing? And someone's like, he doesn't have a nose. He can't breathe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Charlie's not, no, it's okay. He doesn't have a mouth. Yeah. 
and Char- Charlie also makes a point in this scene that it's like, yeah, you know, he can't transform either. He's just, you know, I guess he's just too upset. And so it's kind of like playing on that angle that, like, Charlie doesn't feel like he's good enough to actually, like, help out this town. He kind of needs Ugg and Lee. And he's kind of put in a position where he has to, like, step up. Yeah. And he and he does. And then, like, this weird scene where, like, the children... So, so after all that happens, they're still the, we're still at the church. And then, like, there's this weird scene where, like, these the children are, like, playing by a doorway that's open for whatever reason. Well, I think that's supposed to be the same area. Like, that's, like, the Sunday school area where they were at previously. It just kind of happens to be on the side of the building. No, no that's fine. But, like... Why is the door open? Yeah, I don't and why know. are these kids just unattended? Because uh, Megan's sister like goes out on a fucking tricycle and just starts driving. <laughs> yeah, I, I think she goes hell? looking for somebody. Well, she sees she sees Eric Estrada get killed by the critters, and she starts screaming. And uh, you know that then they you know everyone runs over Brad and everyone runs over and she then she's on a tricycle trying to get away from the critters. Right. And then Brad fucking takes a baseball bat and he's like, ah, shit. And he runs after her because the critters are fucking, like, chasing her on a tricycle. And he's, like, batting these fucking things out of the way and, like, kicking them and shit. Finally gets to the girl and he picks her up and he, you know, they face the critters and he's kicking them off. But there's just too many. And they're just about to be on them. And all of a sudden, these motherfuckers get turned into Swiss cheese because we're fucking Colt 45 in them like fucking crazy. Sheriff Harv shows up to save the fucking day. It should have had a Johnny Cash sound, a song in the background when he walked up. <laughs> Dude, it fucking zooms up to his face, and he's just like, I'm back. I fell into a burn. <laughs> <laughs> and he came back at the right fucking time. Which, you know, they, they all kind of like, hooray, they, they, they go back towards the church. But uh, the whole time, the, uh, the priest, he's kind of like in the bell tower with binoculars, kind of like keeping an eye out. Yeah. And uh, he, he kind of starts, you know, letting the group, you know, he kind of shouts and says, "Ah, oh, yeah, they're they're moving," and you just see like I don't know twenty or thirty of these fucking critters uh, come in from town and they they go into the field and start eating all the cows. Yeah, they like congregate together because the whole thing that um, is established when they're at the hungry heifer before is that like they all get together to feed, and that's like a big plot point throughout the film. Right, and that's why they're all like hanging out behind the fucking you know glass, chowing down on burgers. There's a shit ton of them too. And now, do they reproduce by eating? Uh, n- I don't think so. Uh, I think they just I I don't know. They never really go into it in the films. They're just eggs. I don't know if they're asexual or what. Okay, because there's there's definitely more than like I don't know the the original thirty or so that we saw uh, with the eggs. Like yeah, there's over like a there's over like a hundred of them, dude. There's, there's got to be way more than that f- because of what happens later. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so Megan and, and Brad, they go for a walk, and it, again, you know, kind of culminates in them almost kissing, but never actually able to seal the deal. Yeah. And then the fucking MAGA motherfuckers come out. They're like, it's all Bradley Brown's fault, and he brought the critters back, and he got... Dude, what is with this motherfucker? I don't it's know, like man. Old farmer, like, just stirring the fucking pot? Build a wall around Bradley Brown! Let's... <laughs> Make Harv pay for it. Make the bounty hunters pay for it. <laughs> Make the critters pay for it. It's just like, you know, we're not going to face the real problems. We're going to blame somebody else that's easier to take down. Oh, yeah. Well, because especially since Brad is just like, yeah, I got a plan to beat these things. And he's like, you're an out-of-town. You're a city slicker. But he's from there. And I, I'm, I'm not taking any advice from that fucking, you know, has-been sheriff either. I'm like, all right, buddy. <laughs> he's like... 
He's like, I ain't taking no advice from no drunk. And then he's looking at Charlie and then he goes, I ain't taking no advice from no nothing face UFO alien man neither. And then he goes to Megan and Mr. Morgan. He's like, oh, they're fucking reporters. They make shit up. Anywho, anywho. <laughs> fake news about critters. And he's like, oh, let's kill the kid, basically. they like, the media is the enemy of the people. <laughs> And then Harv is just like fucking fires his gun in the air. He's like, all right, enough of this horse shit. Like, I, I'm in charge. Like, you people can't fucking control. I love that he just, sh- he shoots a gun off in church. Oh my God, yeah. And it's fucking effective. He gets up and, and you know, tells them that they're running their fucking mouths and they need to shut up and, and work together and listen to Brad's plan because he's the only one that can save their asses. And this guy fucking sits down so fast. He's like, instead of fucking going to, f- you know, saving our asses, you're playing kick the can with some punk kid. And then that fucking dude shuts his trap and sits the fuck down. And then you, you did, there's a quick scene as, you know, Brad basically, you know, conveys to the townsfolk that he wants to go to this uh, large burger factory, the Polar Burger, what, what the fuck's it called? Polar Ice Burger. The Polar Ice Burger, and basically attract them there because of what happened earlier in the at the Hefty Heifer. Yeah, because he's like, oh, we gotta blow him up. And the sheriff's like, the fuck you talking about, boy? And he's like, no, I got it. We'll lure them to the burger factory, and then we'll blow them up when they're inside. Be- because they eat together. You know, they all they all congregate together to feed. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And, and, and at first, no one's going to, like, help Brad, except for, you know, the sheriff's like, I'll help. And then Charlie steps up. He's like, yeah, you know, I might not be a full-fledged bounty hunter, but I'll help. And then shithead fucking even Wesley's like, I guess I'll help. Here's a beer. Megan's like, really? And he's like, oh, yeah. The buddy system. The bud the bud light system. <laughs> <laughs> he just he just fucking hiccups and passes out like <laughs> <laughs> So everybody and, and then Harv's like, Well y'all just fucking volunteer it, so let's let's hit it and quit it. So they all fucking go out and there's like a montage of them preparing for this. They're sticking dynamite and fucking in in buckets of red meat. <gasps> Hold on a second. That's like the last thing. The first thing is these people go to a general store and there's just boxes of dynamite at the general store. Hey, man, Quigley keeps all the good shit. You got your pickles, your canned soup, and uh, yeah, you got your dynamite. Here we go. The, the, the store owner's like, well, I was going to use this for my train robbery, but I guess now's a better time to use it. <laughs> I was going to go fucking mine them their hills over there, but okay, you could blow up some fucking aliens with it. Um, so yeah, and it shows them like just planting explosives everywhere. Uh, Charlie's got like an armful of just random guns. He's just handing to everybody. He's like, "Oh, okay, here, take up arms here." Be great. He's like, "He's like, are any of you armed?" He turns around. Everyone has a gun. He's like, "I forgot where I was." So, so yeah. So they so they go to the Polar Ice Burger, and Megan and this other dude are just like dumping gas all over the place, and they're like rigging this dynamite in like inside of like burgers and like meat and like. Wesley rips open a bunch of these fucking cheese packets and shit. They're just throwing fucking food all over this place to, like, lure them in. It's like the scene from Ghost in the Darkness when they spray blood everywhere, except it's delicious. <laughs> Val Kilmer's in a tree with a fucking rifle? I'm waiting I'm waiting for the big one. M- Michael Douglas and they're just throwing buckets of blood everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I got that motherfucker. You wait, you're not hot. Wait, there's, there's no lions here? We're in the wrong town. <laughs> Well, they also set up fans because they're going to blow the scent back to where the critters are, are currently feeding. And so they do this and they, they make the, the movie makes a point to show this like rooster uh, wind. What are those things called? Um, it's a weather vane. Weather vane. And uh, it's pointing in the direction of where essentially the wind will catch their 
their attention. So then the the scene cuts and you see the critters start actually like at, you know sniffing the air. Yeah, because the because the weather vane moves. I mean, if y'all don't know how a fucking weather vane works, I feel sorry for you. But whichever <laughs> way the wind blows, the 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 weather vane will turn towards. So if it's blowing to the south or the west or east or what have you, it'll turn that way. Right. And and then the townsfolk are like, ah, oh, yeah, it's gonna work because the critters start heading in the direction of the uh, burger factory, and I guess the plan is, you know, they're gonna follow up from behind and kill any stragglers. I'm assuming. Uh, right. Well, they they want to make sure that they're all in the fucking factory because they're gonna blow them up. So they got to make sure they're all in there. Right. Right. And. And I guess, like you said, if there's anything left outside, they'll just fucking shoot the shit out of them, I guess. Yeah, that, I mean, that's my assumption. I could, you know, doesn't really matter. Uh, but, you know, they, they follow they follow the critters to the factory and, you know, Brad and Megan and uh, Wesley are still there kind of just keeping tabs on everything. And uh, they, they notice that there's a, uh, a much larger uh, critter in the group. Yeah, like and, their leader. Yeah, and, you know, right as the... Uh, the critters are about to roll up on the uh, burger place. The, the fucking wind changes the opposite direction back towards where all the townsfolk have been following them. And you, you get some more of this uh, critter speech and one of them goes, ah, live meat. And then the fucking, the big, the big critter like rears up and he starts talking in fucking critter speech. And he's just like, oh, cheeseburgers, no bones. Come on, let's do it. And they're like, yeah, okay. Yeah, that sounds good. So they all fucking start rolling back to the fucking burger factory. I don't know what a cheeseburger is, but it sounds fantastic. <laughs> they know what bitchin' is, so maybe they know what cheeseburgers are. All the critters, they they roll up into this trap, and they're fucking chowing down. All of them are jumping around all over the place. It's like the fucking scene in Gremlins when they're at the bar. Yeah, Dory's Tavern. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, it's basically the same thing, yeah, just like the movie theater, where Billy fucking hits the gas, and he's like, yeah, we'll just blow him up in the fucking movie theater. Kinda, yeah. And, you know, Brad's looking at this uh, this bigger bigger uh, critter, and it has, like, it has red eyes, and, it, like, you know, it has a little bit darker uh, fur. But it but it hasn't gone in yet. It, it, that's the only one that's not in there, because they're trying to run up and close the door, and they're, like, waiting for that one to go in. Exactly. And then I'm sitting there thinking, like, what what, what, the, what the fuck is happening? Is, is this thing wise to what's going on? And then the fucking twist of the movie. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, so the shocker of the fucking leader is, is Ugg. He, he, tr- he, he cancels his polymorph spell, and he turns back <laughs> into normal. And uh, they're like, oh, fuck, it's Ugg. His fucking face starts turning blue and shit and, like, stretches out. And, uh, you know, they run up, and they they help Ugg, and they, they fucking slam the door shut at the last second, right before one of the critters gets out. And it, gets, it actually gets, like, squished by the door as it comes down. Yeah, and it, like, bites Ugg in the leg, so he's, like, wounded. I fucking love this effect, too, when the door comes down in the critter, because it's disgusting, and it sounds horrible. So they run away, and they're like, fucking blow it, blow it! So uh, Megan pushes the plunger, and this fucking meat factory goes up in a fucking ball of napalm it just explodes you want to know what i couldn't help but think about as this was going on what how delicious this town must have smelt for about a day or so (laughs) (laughs) like burnt wood and burgers (laughs) like it it would have really smelled like a fucking barbecue for like two or three days (laughs) i would have had to move i would have had to fucking move because let me tell you something. This is a weird aside, and I'll move on as quickly as possible. But uh, I haven't had a hamburger in a long time, and now just for some reason, anytime I smell someone cooking a hamburger, my brain just goes, "Hey, what the fuck is burning?" Oh, really? And then someone will say, "Oh, someone's grilling outside," and I'll say, "Oh, yeah." So that would be my reaction as one of the town folks. I just been, "What the fuck? Why is somebody's house on fire?" <laughs> All the time. Yeah. 
It's like Gettysburg with all the fucking bodies piled up that just stunk for months. Yeah, but I wouldn't want to go eat those bodies. That's the difference. Like, I would no, want to track no. down the smell and just devour whatever it was. You go in there, you're, like, eating a few burgers. You're, like, you get one that's got some fried fucking critter on there and just kind of roll with it. And then you discover that fried critter's delicious. And then you want more, so you breed more. And then they fucking take over the planet. And Critters 5 with Brad Garrett. <laughs> critters 5, Brad Garrett. Make it. <laughs> Raymond, the critters. D- Raymond, the critters are after us, Raymond. Ray Romano's there. He's like, I don't know why. You know, they're paying me to do this. It's kind of a weird mashup. Listen, I don't want to have you hang out with the critters. Uh, what? I'm Ray Romano. No. Raymond, the critters, they're across the street. They're in Bomb's house. They ate dad. Ray, Ray, the, the critters are eating my shoes. They won't stop. Deborah comes down with a fucking shotgun and just starts blowing them away. Like, <laughs> Raymond! Do something! <laughs> it's fucking Ugg, but he turns into his wife. Oh, but it's a sports columnist. Brad Garrett's like, I thought I was the lead. Y- you know what the stats are for the 1946 Yankees? Y- you'll never guess. Don't eat me. That's great, Raymond. We're, we're in the middle of a combat situation. Uh... <laughs> Uh, so yeah, they watch the uh, they watch the fucking food the the, bur- the well the meat I guess storehouse slash factory blow up, um, and then okay. I didn't know that this was going to happen, but in the back of my head, I was like, please, please run out of the fucking door as one giant boom! Well, especially since it's kind of, the movie's trying to fake you out like it's wrapping up, but it's almost like, ah, that was a little too easy. Fucking, my prayers were answered as a giant fucking Furby ball of critters comes piling out of this fucking building. (laughs) In its fucking it glorious. So this thing good. is huge. It's like, it's like the Epcot fucking ball with teeth rolling through this fucking town. Oh, my God. And what's funny about it is that you look from a distance, it's very clearly something that's just... It's a, just a giant ball with, like, a surface that's designed to look like critters. But even then, it looks like it, they all look flat. Like, they've been crushed. Yeah. But then, like, there's a few zoom-ins of, like, them going... Um, but God, this is so schlocky and dumb. I fucking loved it. Uh, I, I, another Lost World reference here for those counting at home. <laughs> Don't go into the long grass. You remember the raptor scene in the field? <laughs> well, they did it better in 88. They sure did because this fucking ball rolls over this fucking yokel and turns him into bloody bones with a jacket. <laughs> they're faster than how, uh, they're, they're faster than how Roosevelt described piranhas. <laughs> So, so this ball is fucking rolling after these people, right? Killing people. And, um, it's, it's heading for town. It's heading for the church, like their stronghold, right? So then Brad and, uh, Megan jump in her fucking Ford pickup and they're trying to run this fucking thing off the road. And it fucking rips the uh, Brad's door off, the passenger side door. And these yeah. fucking things are like trying to fucking eat him like in the fucking side of the truck. I mean, ramming, ramming this thing seems foolish because I'm imagining that thing is incredibly dense. And it would right. <laughs> you'd probably just bounce off of it. Right. I mean, you'd have to like literally run into it or like you'd need like a fucking like a like a like a something with a bucket on it, like a caterpillar or a fucking bobcat or something. Go fucking full carnosaur on this fucking thing. <laughs> so it's going towards the the church, and it and it like it the ball like ends up running Megan off the road, and the truck fucking flips or whatever. And everybody's just watching in horror as the this fucking giant ball of critters is rolling towards the church with the kids in it and like the old folks. And wouldn't you know it, Charlie Bounty Hunter makes his fucking reappearance, and he makes sure to tell you he's a bounty hunter. Yeah, he like runs away before, and they're like, "God damn it, Charlie, you little pussy boy, where are you going?" 
and Charlie fucking drives the spaceship and he's like, you know, he <laughs> he goes full fucking Randy Quaid and he's just like, I'm a bounty hunter. And he crashes this fucking ship into the critter ball and fucking explodes. Blows up. It's awesome. For such a little movie, uh, having two gigantic explosions was very satisfying. And all the puppets and gore and everything, dude. Oh, yeah. It's pretty sweet. And by the way, $4.5 million. Blair Witch 2. <laughs> I knew you were going... 15 million. Fuck you. I don't care. Adjust it for inflation, and I guarantee it's not more than $15 million. All that money from Blair Witch 2 went up someone's nose, all right? Let's just be honest with ourselves. Oh, it sure did. Yeah, Berlingers. (laughs) Let's be real, though. Like, I I, got to keep calling that back, because it's just so fucking ludicrous. (laughs) You know, like, this movie is 9,000 times more entertaining than that is anyway so everybody's like oh charlie oh charlie was in there he died you know he gave his life for us and he saved us all and blah 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 and then we just you know we kind of fade down and then fade up and uh brad's getting on the hogwarts express (laughs) (laughs) saying goodbye to the friends he met over his school year you know he looks like a weasley the fucking shrunken heads on there he's like come on man get on board we're going platform three and four quarters uh that's not what it's called whatever i don't know harry potter shit man so yeah, there's there's people like you know all the townsfolk like rebuilding the, the the town from all the damage from the, the fucking couple the few days of, of chaos, and um you know uh, Brad's about to get on the bus. He's saying goodbye to Nana and um and Megan. Ugg transformed into Charlie the night before. Yeah, as he watches him do that, he kind of changes into Charlie because I guess he's kind of like that's. He's touched by what he did, so... It is one of the most pregnant pauses I've ever seen in a movie because he, he sees this Charlie get blow up and sacrifice himself. He transforms into Charlie, and, like, Brad and everyone are just like, huh, that's nice. Charlie's still dead. Like, that's, like, the f- that's like what you see on their face. Like, that's kind of their reaction. Like, uh, yeah, he's still dead. <laughs> yeah, but that... <laughs> like, that's Ugg's way of, like, paying homage to him. Like his 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 memorandum. Yeah, and then Brad like kind of hugs him. He's like, "Ugh." He's like, "Charlie." And I'm just sitting here at home, like, "No, you're Ugh." <laughs> you don't steal that man's identity. And uh, speak of the fucking devil, because uh, here he comes walking down the street with a parachute fucking dragon behind him. Charlie is smarter than Randy Quaid. <laughs> And hits the fucking eject button because he's fucking bumbling down the street with a parachute still attached to his ass. And he's like, ah, Charlie Bounty Hunter, I'm back. And then he's looking at fucking Ugg. And I don't know why they had to do this, but, like, so Ugg is Charlie and Charlie's Charlie. But, like, you could have just did it with, like, the flip-flop camera angles of having Don Opera on both sides of the camera and then having, like, a double opposite him where you don't see his face. And that's exactly why they didn't do it. But but nope, we get a we get a pretty uh, I won't say bad but old looking shitty green screen. Uh, it's pretty shitty. Okay, <laughs> I, was just, I, was, I was trying to be nice. I, I I wouldn't be shocked if someone involved with the production of this film was like, ah yeah, it'll look great. It'll, you know, people won't expect it. It's not done that often. And then when like they got in the post when they got in the post production was like, ah fuck. I mean. Ugh. And they just had to make it work. Because it's done better in other movies, and it's like, you know, it's okay. Like, you did so much other cool shit, you didn't need to do that. You know what I mean? Right. And, like, I guess, like, the joke there is that, like, Charlie's not really processing it, and he's not really sure if it's Ugg or not. And then, like, as he realizes it, he's like, oh, Ugg! And he, like, hugs him. Yeah, he, like, walks around him, and he's like, it's me. But, you know what's weird about that, too? In the first movie, that happens, because Lee turns into Charlie in the first movie. Oh, yeah, you said that. 
So it's like a, kind of like a callback on top of all that. Kind of a callback, but I don't know why Charlie's so like taken aback by it. It's probably like that's weird, dude. I just died. So then, um, uh, I guess uh, uh, a reconnaissance. <laughs> fucking ship another spaceship in broad daylight this one like there's gotta be a thousand people saw this motherfucking thing yeah but they don't care because they're like nobody's gonna believe you bye yeah. <laughs> where the fuck megan there's your fucking your big scoop you blow it <laughs> she gets home and her dad's like a ufo picked up a man who who is the exact duplicate of a man from this town and you didn't even open your mouth yeah she's like you told me that the eight the space porcupines weren't real dad Shut up, goddammit. What do you call this? He points at his neck. He's got like this gaping hole after they'd removed the poison. It's like necrotic now because they didn't take it out. He's like, I don't have long to live. You're going to have to take over. You're going to have to raise Cindy. <laughs> Doctor said the quill, the quill comes out next week. So Ugg's like, Ugg and Charlie have this kind of unspoken exchange where Charlie's like, yeah, I'm going to stay here. And Ugg's like, okay, I'm going to go do bounty hunter shit. And the fucking spaceship like sucks him up into the air. But I'm going to look like Charlie now, just forever, I guess. But I'm going to look like Charlie now in space, and I guess Charlie's kind of having his cake and eat it, too, because he's like, well, somebody that looks like me is doing cool shit in space, and I'll just stay on Earth and be me here. So I'm doing both of the things at the same time. Think he thinks about that at night? He's like, yeah, I'm saving the world. Probably. Yeah, sleeping in fucking Nana's attic. I'm not related, but, you know, Brad said I could sleep here. <laughs> Fred said I could crash. I don't have anywhere else to live. So, uh, Harv is getting on the bus, too, in his fucking Aloha shirt, and he, like, breaks up. But, you know, he, you know, Megan and, and Brad are about to kiss, and fucking Harv walks through, and he's like, come on, boy, the bus is on a goddamn schedule. You're derp. I got my Hawaiian shirt on to go to KC. <laughs> yeah, I'm ready to play the fucking slots, boy. Let's go. Get a move on it. So, Megan and, and Brad finally kiss. Thank God I can check that one off on my list. Yeah, and then Brad, like, hugs Charlie, and he's like, you know, goodbye or whatever, and he gets on the bus. And fucking, uh, you know, the dude closes the bus doors, and fucking Harv leans out the window. Then the last thing in the movie, Harv leans out the window and goes, Hey, Charlie, catch! And he fucking flicks him the fucking sheriff, Tin Star. And I guess that means that Charlie's going to be the sheriff of Grover's Bend from now on? You go from a washed-up drunk to, I guess, an alien bounty hunter to now you're just the sheriff of this podunk town? Which, I love this because Harv was not the sheriff. The real sheriff just (laughs) died. And Harv is like, ping, you're sheriff now in this not-democratic process. (laughs) Does that mean then, like, Charlie goes to do his job and somebody, like, in the city council is like, ah, yeah, that's not how that works. Uh, We're gonna need that back. Charlie, we gave you a a squirt gun for a reason, okay? Is Harv, like, vice sheriff? And he's like, it's your job now because the other one died. (laughs) Well, it's like when Brad uh, Brown comes back, you know, in two years for his next visit, is it just like he's gonna find Charlie on the streets drunk again? (laughs) Maybe. Yeah, they wouldn't let me stay sheriff. I wasn't wasn't qualified, if you believe that. He's outside the diner as Christoph Waltz and fucking Jamie Foxx are inside. (laughs) He must be fucking, he must go on another bender, man, because the next time we see Charlie, he's, like, hanging out with Leonardo DiCaprio and fucking around in, like, abandoned buildings and shit. Oh, he's in the third one? Oh, he sure is. And the fourth one. He's in all four fucking movies, man. Oh, wow. Okay, so, what is he, What is he, is he the sheriff, or is he, like, have a different role? No, he plays just Charlie. Uh, when we see him in part three, um, he's, like, in a... I don't even know. He, if I remember correctly, he's like in like a uh, 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 a camouflage thing in the woods, looking for Kreitz. 
Like, he's totally off his fucking nut, man. What the fuck? Is he looking for the porno mags? Is he trying to find the one he left out there? Probably. He's like, hey, kids, you want this fucking porno mag? And then fucking, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio goes and gets a Frisbee, and Don Oppenheimer's like, you're gonna, you gotta fight critters with me later in a fucking apartment building. Okay. Again, uh career trajectory for this guy it's all over the place <laughs> four is actually really good whoever directed that I, for, I don't know who directed that i forget but like they were like yeah we we're gonna take charlie off of earth and put him back into space aboard a fucking spaceship and do critters like alien and it totally works okay you got brad brad brown's there and he's like kill me <laughs> <laughs> i feel like i've seen bits of critters four then because i definitely recall a space setting with these things involved. It goes back to like more like a scarier kind of route. So I have a question. Um, uh, since Critters Four and Hellraiser Four uh, all went into space, uh, did Leprechaun also go into space in Part Four? He sure did. Leprechaun Four in space. Oh, for fuck's sake! <laughs> magic number, man. Well, we've had three movies. Time to go to space. Well, look, the only one that makes sense is fucking Critters. Okay. Uh... I don't need I, fucking Pinhead in space. I don't. I don't hate the Hellraiser one. I think it's it's kind of okay. Event Horizon. Okay. <laughs> Better than three. What was three? Hell World or some shit? What the fuck no, was that? No, three was Hell on Earth with the fucking CD Cenobite. Oh my god. Don't need it. I mean, not that Hellraiser had the best effects, but it had style. It always had its fucking style and good practical effects. But like, fuck me. And this time, someone was like, "That guy's got a camera. So he's a camera Cenobite. I don't know when's lunch." <laughs> Here's a dildo. Here's a dildo, send a bite. Here you go. Here's a dildo bite. Uh, I'm going to escape that nightmare <laughs> because uh, that's critters too, guys. So where are you putting this? Fucking shelf. This movie's a fucking blast. Um, and it's just dripping in like all the B-movie goodness I think someone could ask for. There's lots of practical effects. There's lots of guts. There's lots of fucking weird-ass humor. Um, and as I said, the fast food sequence where uh, Ugg and Lee are shooting the shit out of that place is is laugh out loud funny. Like, I was cackling like a hyena during that entire sequence. Um, I love this movie, and yeah, it would definitely go up my shelf. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's definitely a shelf movie for me. Uh, I, I can kind of picture this movie just like, you know, you you, you get your uh, impossible burger from fucking White Castle. Not endorsed by them, but it's, uh, it, it is delicious. Uh, and, you know, you get some fries, you get a, you know, a Diet Coke... You sit down, you throw Critters 2 on, maybe get, get yourself a Cadbury egg because it's an Easter movie. Uh, <laughs> you know, eat it in one bite. It's going to taste like shit, but you'll enjoy it. Uh, I, I, that's not a direct comparison to this movie, uh, but, you know, that's Cadbury egg. Uh, yeah, definitely a shelf movie. <laughs> Close to the top of the shelf. Uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed the hell out of this. It was it was way funnier than I anticipated. I, I kind of didn't know what I was getting into other than the craters themselves, and uh, I was uh, pleasantly surprised. Uh, well, yeah, definitely a shelf movie for me as well, dude. Uh, I mean, let's be honest. We all thought you had it on your shelves to begin with, so. I have it in three incarnations. <laughs> I have it on VHS, DVD, and fucking Blu-ray. Not surprised by any of that. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I love the Critters franchise, uh, and I, this is definitely my favorite. It has everything you could possibly want in a sequel to a film that is a ton of fun already. Like Critters, the first movie is great um, because it's a little creature movie. Um, and if you're you've been fucking listening to the show, and I know you guys know that's what I'm about. Give me the little creatures. Give me the rubber fucking monsters. That's what I want. Um, and this is like top tier 
uh, Rubber Monster movie. This film hits all of those sweet notes. Like, I feel like with the addition of Mick Garris to this film, it it feels like a Mick Garris film, you know? It's, it's very... It's horror, but it's also kind of whimsical and super charming. Um, and it just feels very cozy, like, when you watch it. Like, it has its horror elements, and it has its comedy elements, but none of them ever clash in a way where you're like, ugh, that didn't land, or ugh, that, this sucks. It, it, it's just so, it's just such a good melting pot. Um, you know, it gets that, it gets that formula right really well. It, somehow, it's a horror movie, a comedy, and it, it's meta all at the same time, and it totally fucking works. So yeah, shelf movie, easy, 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 easy. And again, like one of the best sequels to, I think, any B-movie ever, to tell you the truth. So that's it. That's Critters 2, colon, the main course from 1988, directed by Mick Garris. Hey, everybody, if you want some more bad movie goodness, you can check us out at moviedumpsterpodcast.com. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Android, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, or Podbean, and make sure to leave us a five-star review if you dig the show, because it helps us get out of the bottom of the dumpster into more eardrums. Yeah, and if you're on the social medias, you can follow us at Movie Dumpster on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. I'm Joel Scola. I'm Sean O'Rourke. I'm Connor McGraw. Thanks for visiting the dumpster and happy Easter. Hey, hey, uh, you wouldn't just leave me on Earth, would you? Charlie, bounty hunting. Yeah. Yeah, Charlie, bounty hunter. (laughs) Say, you guys are okay, you know that? (laughs) 